everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, the last time I was here, um, I gave a testimony about my life. I was offered five minutes and I ended up taking 30 minutes. So today, I thought I would just bring that up for memory's sake. So today, I'm doing 20 minutes and I'm telling you my story. So what I'm going to be telling you today is um, the countless blessings, favors, grace, provisions that God just continue pouring on me and where it all started. Because you've had the testimonies and trust me, they keep coming. <laughs> they never ended. Every day I wake up, there's something for me to smile about. But today I'm just going to tell you where that faith came from, where it really started. Because in everything, there must be a root. So let's listen. Firstly, the topic I'm going to tell you about, I've chosen a topic that says, Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. As we're all here today, firstly, let me just ask you one question. Who likes to wait? Please lift your hand up if you do. If you like it or even love it in a way. <laughs> oh my God, that just tells me. Nobody here likes to wait. No. No. I don't like wait. I'm not going to use the H word because it's not allowing my house. But I don't like to wait. Okay. Um, for me, waiting is really something that gets on my nerves. When I ask somebody to do me something, I want it now. Yes. People here can testify that when keep to you calls, you need to answer in a certain way. <laughs> okay, you all know I'm keep to you Fatih Sharif. And my last name I love. I don't even mind people just calling me Sharif because I love it. But in my family, I'm a second child, both to my dad, who has six of us, and my mom, who has three of us. And I have been blessed with three beautiful girls. When I said beautiful, inside and out. And to think that, I wasn't even thinking of having a baby because I was scared of my, my repeating myself in the wall. To have three that are so distinctly different from me is amazing. Mm -hmm. But one thing they do know, when I call them, I don't like to be waiting. Mm -hmm. So they have a special answer for me. And I call, A-K-S, anyone I call, they go, yes, mommy, come in, mommy. Instant. You have to have that word. You just don't say yes, mommy. You have to instantly say yes, mommy. Come in, mommy. So I know that you're on the move. <laughs> it's no joke in my house. I'm in the kitchen. I call you. I want to hear that word. If not, call again until that particular word come out. So that tells you how much I don't joke with my waiting. <laughs> okay. And you've known about my children. You've known about myself. How did the children come along? I'm now a widow, which is what is where God wants me to be at the moment. I'm a widow. I was married 
um, for almost 12 years, actually just two months before my 12th wedding anniversary, and 18 years into my courtship with my husband, and he passed away. It was an impromptu one. Within 24 hours, they call you, your husband is not well, and you're trying to get grips of that. And then you get a call to, from the doctor. He said, I need to speak to the doctor. And he told you, Mr. Sharif, it's just going to be a miracle here. He's not going to make it. The one scream I scream on the phone, and I go like, yes, God, that's it. This is where you want me now. I left for work, and that's a whole other level. OK, whilst I was married, it wasn't all that. During the first five years of our marriage, it was rocky. We were just young adults who have decided, who oh, we want to get married, let's get married. And we get married. But during that first five years, it was a time when it wasn't going to work. We decided, my husband loved writing, by the way. If even if we're having a meeting in the house, he will have an agenda. Yes. So after all the quarrel in the house, he decided to write me a letter to say, I think I need six month break from the relationship because I don't like the arguing. So we decided to give ourselves six month break. This was five years into our wedding. It was, yeah, it was just like December and the match was our anniversary. So he moved out December. So, but every month we will meet for dinner with the girls wherever we choose the restaurants and they will talk and all of that. That was going on well. So when he moved out in the six months, and I decided like, fantastic, I can ask for divorce. But one thing was always playing in my mind that my husband had tricked me with the day we were at the registry. I didn't want to do registry wedding because I never knew what was along the corner. I just wanted to do traditional wedding because I knew I could walk out at any time. And I was even chickening on the church wedding. That was no place to go. So my husband arranged that it was a traditional wedding only for me to go to Sierra Leone and realize it was a three days wedding and I have to go to the registry. Whilst we were sitting at the registry, he said to me, you see all those people signing? If when we're having, if you want to divorce, if they don't come and sign, we'll never get divorced. Ha, and this man has just moved out and I'm thinking I want a divorce. And then I go like, doom, I'm doomed for marriage, God. And it's even the worst one. And this man have told me all these people need to be alive. And two of his family has died. Hmm, who's going to sign the paper? <laughs> so I'm doomed for this marriage. It's going to be the worst marriage in my life. And I called my dad. I said, daddy, you need to go and inquire for this divorce. Every time I called my daddy, he would say, no, wait, I'll pray about it. So I'm there now thinking, I'm not going to divorce him. He was just going to be playing me around because two of his family has died. He's lost his dad. He's lost his auntie. And they can't go and sign back to registry to approve the divorce. So I'm stuck here. And it was during that that my daughters, just before Easter, my mom took them, by then I just had the two, to Qatar for holiday. So I was in the house alone. I woke up around 7 in the morning, I went to the bathroom, came back. As I was coming back, there was this loud voice in my house. And I was the only one in my house. Nobody else. I didn't have a cat. I didn't have a dog. And besides, they couldn't talk. <laughs> Even if they were. And the words were this thick stink. You asked for this. I went back to my bed. 
It wasn't my neighbors. It was inside my house that that voice came from. It was scary because you heard somebody. And I went and sat down on the bed. All of a sudden, I fell asleep. Don't know how. And I had this beautiful dream of this beautiful girl. She was walking through behind the church and she was praying. I want to marry a guy that has the same name as my dad when I grow up. And she was only 11. She was wearing a blue dress. And the dream came so clear. Just after the dream, I woke up. And kinching, everything fall to pieces. And I realized that girl was me. At 11 years of age, I asked God to bless me with a husband that was called Sharif. And this was my blessing I was living with, who have I got two children for. So when you say wait, you wait. You never know when your package will come or how it will be wrapped in. <laughs> After that, the 11 years, I realized, okay, this is it. I'm married now. I bend down on my knees and say, God, I am so sorry for doing everything that I've done in my marriage and not putting you first. So since that day, I said to myself, nothing else comes first in this marriage. Not me, not my husband, not my kids. It's God before everything else. And I resubmitted my life to God wow. and decided to wait on him. It's not that because he revealed to me that day. I was 35 by then, and this is an 11 year old girl. Now I've taken 23 years for him to tell me that was your 11 years prayers. And in 35, he revealed to me, yeah, it was my prayer that I prayed. So, when I, so after that, I decided to just submit. I think one month after, when we meet at the end of June, and my husband said, I want to come back. I said, you wrote the letter. Do you want to write again? He said, no, I'm not writing again. I'm telling you. He said, you have your kids moving when you're ready. I didn't tell him about my dream because I don't want him to take advantage of me. I didn't tell him. I didn't even mention that. And then I just stayed in my marriage and waited on God. There were things my husband was doing. It's like I wasn't even seeing. All I could see was how much God had blessed me. I look at my girls, I look at everything. He tried to change. He tried to do so many things. Our life was not the same. He was a change man because that six month was much better than that. But how did I even get to hear God's voice? I wasn't born a Christian. I was a Muslim girl. I was born a Muslim, even though my mom was a Christian. So sometimes I would follow my mom to church and sometimes I would go to spiritual church. I was a teenager of one kind that nobody wants to get. But I thank God for all of those moves. It made me who I am today. When I came to England in 2002, I lived with my sister in White City. And I remember my sister was born again then, and her friends would come. We used to go to a church called Kessington Temple, and we'll have, um, they had cell meeting. My sister was a cell leader, so her friends would all come home. When they come, I'll go. And this is the time I used to pray my five daily prayers and everything. And one of her friends gave me a Bible, and I put the Bible on top of the cupboard. So my sister, sometimes when she can't find us, she can use my one. Me, I was busy taking, doing my 
allowed doing everything, doing my five daily prayer. We moved from White City, we came to Stratton Hill. When we came to Stratton I did get my bedroom, and then the Bible take a place in the wardrobe. I didn't throw it away. I loved it. It was a gift. I put it in there. But by then, I was one of those girls that goes to club on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, full time. Not a week <laughs> passed. <laughs> Not a week passed. I was devoted to my clubbing, including Sundays. And I have to go to work on Monday. I will still go to work. I'll club till 5 a.m., come home, and go back to work. It was, it was an habit you have to do. You can't not do it. And one day, my brother, the one that I shared with my mom, my last brother, was very ill. So I've come from clubbing. I don't drink when I go clubbing. I just drink water, but I dance. My feet were tired. My head was spinning. I was tired. But then it just shocked me, like, your brother is ill. I'm like, what do I do? And then I took this Bible. I go like, yes, God, it's almost midnight. Everybody's sleeping. This is me and you. Today, they said you heal people. I said, today, God, I'm asking you for something. Heal my brother. Amen. I said, if you heal my brother, this were my exact words. Jesus, I've heard your answered prayers. So today, I'm asking you, if you heal my brother or make my brother get better, because I don't know if my heal will come out properly. If you make my brother get well, I'll give you my life. Not for today, but forever and ever. Huh, that was a promise I made. When was that? It was somewhere around May, June 2003. And I was, so the next week my brother called me. He was all better. I didn't pick up the phone because I was scared. Why is he calling me? He was sick with depression. So basically, he was mentally ill. He was walking around the streets of Gambia. He was ill, literally ill. So he couldn't even communicate with us. And I called my mom. I said, I've just heard from Mahmoud. And he said, yes, he called me. I said, how comes? So I called my aunt and he said, Mahmoud just felt better last week. I said, what? He said, Mahmoud just feel better. I said, what are you saying? He said, Fatih, we don't know what has happened, but your brother is transformed. Wow. Where I was sitting, my whole body just rise, my hair, everything just rise. Mm -hmm. I haven't shared this prayer with anybody. I haven't told my sister because I don't want her to tell me, yeah, I've been telling you, no way. So I sit there and my body was shaking mm -hmm. and I called mom. I said, mommy, yes, my mother is better. Call auntie. And then I called him, and he goes like, babes, it's been a while. What happened? And we talked. And I felt like, God, you've done it for me. Amen. My brother was better. And I could not tell you the relief. But did I give my life to Christ? No. I've forgotten about that prayer. Oh, who could remember? When you have to go clubbing, you have to do this. Your friends are nagging you. You have to go. You have to go to America to go and find those old people, you know, those friends, those long-distance friends, and you're thinking of giving your life to Christ. I forgot about it. And then come December 31st, 
My sister was like, oh, Fatty, they're doing something in Wembley Arena. I've bought you a ticket. We can go. I said, I can't go alone. My friends are coming. We're going clubbing tonight. We've already set it. So two of my friends came and she goes like, oh, God, she's not going. And I said, Zainab, um, JJ, do you want to go to, let's go first and follow Alberta at Wembley. And from there, we'll just go to Peckham to Fuse. There was a bar called Fuse there. Oh, my God, that was raving by then. You don't understand. <laughs> they follow us. We went, it was literally five minutes to midnight because I have really wasted my sister's time. I was trying for her to give up on me, but she didn't. <laughs> so we went. As we're entering, they were driving people because there was no space mm. to come in. Mm. I remember the couple in front of us were three of them. They actually drive them out. And we're, be we're behind them, literally. And the man opened the gate and it was four of us, me and my two friends and my sister. We went in. We went in and it was just that time when, I don't know if it was calling on the place or it was Pastor Chris, but one of them was up there and he was doing this one. Says, tonight you need to give your life to Christ. Oh my God. I'm sitting there and I could see myself standing up. I go like, no, you need to sit down. I'm trying to sit down. And I was getting up. When God is ready to let you give your life, it doesn't matter where you are. You're going to get up and you're going to say that prayer. Amen. You're going to say that prayer. You're going to leave that club and go to that church that you've been praying for. And I get up and I gave my life that day. My sister couldn't believe her luck. Well, yes, her luck. She was crying. I could see tears was coming from her eyes. I gave my life to Christ. We came up. My friend were asking me. I go like, I don't know what happened there. So, this is how I gave my life to Christ. And I never looked back. Amen. Four months later, I got baptized in Kensington Temple. The April, I got baptized. So, here I stand here today. I have told you my story of waiting for the Lord. For 23 years, I prayed. He told me at 35 that he's given me my husband, which was... How many years after my prayers but I didn't know but that doesn't mean when he gives you that they're not gonna be obstacle on the way because the devil or whoever doesn't find people that doesn't have destiny that doesn't have something that impacts the world so as I gave my life that day and then I got married and everything else. And I know my sister was praying for me because sometimes I'll be in that room, I can hear my name in the prayer. And they were speaking in tongues. <laughs> and I was like, this lady, she's not leaving me. And that will be the time maybe I'll just take my bag and go shopping because I don't want to hear the prayer. But my sister never gave up on me. She never. So when you're desperate, you're praying for that person to give their life or you praying for that thing and you think God is not answering your prayer he's trying to do it for you at the right time because we always want things now but he's trying to do it to give you what he wants to give you Amen. not what you want Amen. because he gives the best gift Amen. not a day or week goes by that I don't thank these ladies for what for not stopping to pray for me mm -hmm. 
And also, have you heard of waiting? Do you know the Israelite story? How long they waited for? <laughs> have you heard of Sarah? She even laughed when she heard God saying she's going to have a baby thinking, ah, look at me. <laughs> Are you joking? And that's exactly some of the things that are happening in my life at the moment. Mm -hmm. There's some doors that are opening. When I get the call sometimes, I go, is that for real? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what is happening? Mm -hmm. Is it my name? Mm -hmm. I'm being linked to people that I've always dreamed about or seen on TV and go like, hey, really? Me? You want me? So I am still in my waiting. And how long did Hannah wait Amen. to be blessed with a child? Hallelujah. How long did Hannah wait? Mm. And when she had that, what did she do? She dedicated back to the Lord. Mm. So what have we got that we're not going to dedicate? Mm. What have we been waiting for? Or what are we asking for Amen. that we're not going to trust in the Lord? I told you about my brother. He's the one that made me become a Christian because I asked God to heal him. And guess what? Just before I renewed my vow, and I was running away from the registry wedding, and there was another reason why I was running away from the church wedding. <laughs> There's always a reason with me. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, my husband convinced me for our 10th wedding anniversary to actually walk down the aisle and do a Christian wedding. That was because I was keeping a secret from him anyway. And I know that before I walk down that aisle, when I'm going to say, stand by man and God to say yes in front of God, I do love you, I know I have to tell him that secret. And for me not to tell him that secret, I was pushing the white wedding. I'm not doing that white wedding yet. <laughs> but that man was begging me. So when you think about timing, he was begging me to marry him, to celebrate me. And we celebrate ourselves just one year, a few months after he passed away. So you're talking of God's timing? You wait on the Lord because God wanted me to spill that secret to him and walk me down the aisle and get my blessing the way he wants it. And during, before that wedding, my brother was the one that was meant to walk me down the aisle. I've done all his paperwork. He was well. It was okay. I spoke to him on March 22nd for my birthday. He wished me happy birthday, told me how much he loved me. And I said, Mamoud, go and get the papers now. The lawyer has prepared everything. You're going to walk me down the hall when I'm taking my vow. Da, da, da. Two days after, I was called. My brother is ill again. Yes. Praise the Lord. My brother was depressed again. And to a point, I wanted to cancel my wedding so many times, and my husband kept begging me, just do it for my sake this time. Mm -hmm. And when we finish, I can go or you can go and be with your brother. And we got married in March, I mean July. But during that time, my family, because they know I'm so attached with my brother, has decided to cut me off from my brother. They tell people not to pick up my phone call, because they know I was going to run away. I had a lot of money by then <laughs> for the wedding. I could have done it at any time. During that miscommunication between me not speaking to my brother, my brother got missing. So as I'm standing here today, do you think the devil doesn't fight what he knows you believe in? My brother is missing for seven years now and still counting. But you know what I do? 
I trust in the Lord. Amen. Because during that time, when he, when he got better, he left us two beautiful children. I am still looking for my brother who is missing. But guess what? I am going to wait on the Lord. Hallelujah. So what are you waiting on the Lord for? What is it so precious? And this is the only boy in my life that will share the same mom and the same dad. I have loads of other siblings, but none as close as Mahmoud Sharif. So as I stand there today, I want to ask you, whilst you wait, what are you doing? <clears throat> whilst we're waiting, what are we doing? Are we nagging? Are we doing this? For me, my waiting time is my praising time. Your waiting time should be your praising time. When I go to work, I remember I used to work in Chelsea when I was going through all this. I would stand in that place before I go to work. I would play gospel in my house and put myself in a way that my happiness, when I go out, all you can see is why you're happy. Do you think I don't go through trials? Do you want to know what I'm going through, my kids? Do you want to know what I'm going through? But no, because I know. I don't care about tomorrow. But for today, God has given me a life to wake up. And I know he's taking care of tomorrow if I'm going to be alive. So my difference that I'm making is what I see today. Amen. And what legacy I'm going to leave for tomorrow. Amen. So as I stand here, I'm asking you, whatever you're waiting for, can we please stand up, all the church? Let us stand up and just ask God. Lay it to him. Dedicate your life to God. And whilst you're waiting, let us pray. In this one, Isaiah 40, 31. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Oh my God, I've got an energy of a 16-year-old, and I'm 44 going to 45. It's because the Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. He was preparing me for what I'm going through today. So all the things I went through with my husband, mm. he was laying down for me to say, you've got to be alone. Yes. You've got to learn how to deal with it, keep to you. So I want us all, whatever you need, please, it will not be. They said there's a narrow path to oh, heaven, yeah. but there's a broader path that way. Amen. I want to go through that narrow path. Mm. Remember the day my husband died? I was sitting, that's another word I'm waiting on. The Lord said, this is you. This is me. I'm a widow today. But what the Lord has planned for me, I am going to wait. So whilst we wait, let's keep praising. And let's just ask God to prepare for us that table. That table before us. That will be full. And it should be running over that our blessing people will want to get more of it. More of it. More of what you want. Amen. So let's just take one minute of silence now and just request.
and just ask God to give us patience. Mm. Because faith Amen. comes with patience. Amen. That's right. Amen. And let's push fear away yeah. and look and wait on the Lord. And as we finish there, can we all just say the Lord's Prayer in a very loud voice? Because that's how the Lord taught us to pray. Mm. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil but those in the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever amen thank you all for listening amen.